Blog Talk Radio. We live! We're live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. What's going on, Blog Talk Radio Nation? You are tuned into page one for this Friday night, February 24th, 2023. Last Friday in February, I am LeVar. Uh, Mary is off tonight, uh, getting some well-deserved rest. So, of course, uh, usually with me, uh, it will probably be an abbreviated show tonight, but we got a lot to cover. Um, Potpourri night. We've got quite a lot of stories that don't really fit the regular uh, portions of the show, so we'll share a few of those odd things that are going on. Plus, we will take a live look at what is trending. We also have Retro Moment of the Week. I'm going to call this a supersized Retro Moment of the Week, and there will be a reason coming up in the Almanac, which will be shortly. Uh, One of the interesting things that I read this week uh, actually, it was something that I just read today. You know, when you fly, especially here domestically, Southwest Airlines uh, is a major popular airline here within the U.S. for all of you, of you listening overseas. But Southwest will soon begin serving community coffees, espresso plus cream iced coffee uh, on their over 4,000 flights. Uh, spanning more than 100 destinations in 42 states, as well as Central America, the Caribbean, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. Um, It is, well, this particular iced coffee is made with all natural ingredients. It contains 120 milligrams of caffeine and 150 calories in an eight-ounce bottle that can be poured over ice. Uh, It will be available on board Southwest flights for a limited time, $4 per bottle. I think I'll just stick, well, I'm not even a coffee drinker. I was going to say, I think I will probably stick with the regular coffee. But um, iced coffee now is making its way to the airlines, which I guess, I don't know if that's a good thing if you want to be drinking iced coffee while you're 30,000 feet above. Uh, From what I've seen in recent articles, the most popular drink of choice is usually the tomato juice, which I still don't get. Uh, along with coffee. Uh, They say you're not supposed to do soda. Uh, I usually switch to apple juice, uh, usually when I'm on board, or cranberry juice, which they have probably the best. Uh, The other interesting thing that I read this week was involving Oscar Mayer. Uh, We've played on a retro moment uh, the Oscar Mayer Wiener song or uh, you are well familiar with it, but the people for the ethical treatment of animals know an opportunity definitely when they see one. So recently, uh, the a few weeks ago, a few thieves in Las Vegas uh, out near Mary, they stole the catalytic converter from the Wienermobile. It's a key part of the emission system. 
So to get it back up and running, PETA said that they would cover the cost, but only if Kraft Heinz, who oversees Oscar Mayer, agreed to the organization's terms. Uh, They said that PETA is willing to cover the cost of the replacement part and the maintenance of the vehicle for one year if you convert it into a not-dogmobile or something similar. With the rising demand uh, for vegan hot dogs and following last year's report about the potential for Oscar Mayer not hot dogs, now is the perfect time to put the brakes on an old idea and make a shift. But uh, the letter continued talking about the industry statistics of plant-based hot dogs, which grew by a whopping 20% last year, and is projected to reach a market value of close to $2 billion by 2032. I did not think there was that big of a demand. PETA also cited the World Health Organization's report that suggests that eating hot dogs and other processed red meat causes cancer. Um, a spokesperson for Kraft Heinz responded to the statement telling Fox News Digital that we received a letter and respectfully declined their offer as our Wienermobile is all fixed up and back on the road. And, of course, they go on to try to sell uh, a lot more, but they also recently announced new plant-based cream cheese, Philadelphia cream cheese. And they said that they're also excited to expand their plant-based offering via their joint venture with Notco. And they've already announced Kraft Notco plant-based cheese slices as well as mayo. (sighs) I think you all know how I'm starting to feel about some of the not stuff after a while. Not cheese, not cream cheese. I guarantee you it will not have the same taste as the is cheese and is cream cheese. Taking a look at the almanac, as I said, today is the 24th. Hopefully a lot of you have been able to celebrate some of the days that we talked about this past week. But today, uh, because it is now the beginning of Lent and it is the first Friday after Lent begins, it's National Tartar Sauce Day, National Skip the Straw Day, and also National Tortilla Chip Day. Tomorrow brings National Clam Chowder Day. It is also National Chocolate Covered Nut Day. And then on the 26th, it's National Letter to an Elder Day, National Set a Good Example Day, National Tell a Fairy Tale Day, and National Pistachio Day. Monday the 27th is uh, well, it's National Retro Day, which I'm glad to bring up. Uh, a double dose of retro moments of the week tonight for you uh, in honor of National Retro Day coming up on the 27th. Um, Anosmia Awareness Day is also 27th Uh, Polar Bear Day Strawberry Day and National Kahlua Day is coming up and then on the 28th it is National Floral Design Day National Public Sleeping Day National Tooth Fairy Day it is World Spay Day exactly what you know it to be National Chocolate Souffle Day, it's Rare Disease Day USA, and Tuesday the 28th is National Pancake Day. So if you are here in the States, you well know that IHOP generally has specials on National Pancake Day. So I guess at this point you can make it a point to get the IHOP probably on that day. And then Wednesday brings us the 1st of March. A lot of things happening on that day. It's National Peanut Butter Lovers Day, National Pig Day, National Fruit Compote Day, it's National Horse Protection Day, National Dad Gum Nets Good Day, it's National Minnesota Day, 
Self-Injury Awareness Day and National Sun-Kissed Citrus Day. And then next Thursday, the 2nd, brings us World Teen Mental Wellness Day, National Hospitalist Day, National Banana Cream Pie Day, National Old Stuff Day, and National Read Across America Day or Dr. Seuss Day. And then next Friday, just to give you a heads up and to let you know what's going on, it is National Soup It Forward Day, National Speech and Debate Education Day, National Employee Appreciation Day, it is National Mold Wine Day, National Cold Cuts Day, National I Want You to Be Happy Day. It's also National Day of Unplugging, the first Friday in March. We'll get to that in a second. And it's also National Dress in Blue Day. That is the first Friday in March. So National Dress in Blue Day, it's in an effort to knock out one of the top cancers causing death. National Dress in Blue Day on the first Friday in March encourages everyone to learn about the causes of colon cancer and raise awareness by wearing blue. Much like the pink ribbon represents those lost to breast cancer, a blue star honors the memory of those lost to colon cancer. So continuing the blue theme on Dress in Blue Day, awareness efforts provide support through fundraising for screening, research, and awareness education. So if you see a lot of people wearing blue next Friday, that's why. Uh, National Day of Unplugging, uh, it is it kicks off a 24-hour period, pretty much from sundown to sundown, to unplug, unwind, relax, and do things other than using today's technology, electronics, and social media. Of course, if you have to, uh, make sure that you're either listening to us or you are uh, writing to me personally over on my Twitter page at NewsCometBTR. Then after that, you can unplug for a little bit. But if you look around, the average American household, smartphones, computers, gaming systems, and smart TVs may not feel every nook and cranny, but gradually those devices are taken bandwidth in our homes and brains. According to Pew Research, the typical American family contains approximately five connected devices. Think about that. Um, so it encourages you of unplugging. They say that one of the benefits of unplugging is better sleep. When we push away from the computer, put down the smartphone, and turn off the computer, we're more likely to stretch our legs, going outdoors to fresh air, and we might actually get some natural uh, exercise. So think about that. I think I see a lot of people out, and it is always something because the art of family conversations and the art of just talking to people, it is gone. Everyone is so engrossed in their phone and what's going on through there that we have kind of lost our way. But if you want to choose at least a day, you could choose that day to unplug. So that's coming up. And that is a look at the Almanac. When we get to next Friday's show, I'll actually be going through all of the things for the month of March that you can look forward to in terms of like months that March will be or things that we'll be celebrating in the month of March. Um, so we'll do that next Friday night. Uh, but one of the stories that I wanted to talk about tonight that we had planned was this week the announcement kind of what we are seeing now to be the money grab. You know, for years, there always used to be rumors in regards to social media sites such as Twitter or Facebook. I know it was always Facebook with the threat of charging you for particular necessities along the site. 
And it kind of kicked off late last week when Elon Musk, who, of course, oversees Twitter, um, they were greeted last Saturday morning with an ultimatum for the social media app that you either subscribe to the platform's new premium service or you lose a popular account security feature. Now, I say that very, very um, – with a little bit of emphasis on it, a security feature. A pop-up message warned users that they will lose the ability to secure their accounts via text message two-factor authentication unless they pay $8 a month to subscribe to Twitter Blue. The message said that starting on March 19th, users who don't subscribe will be locked out of their accounts until they remove the security feature. Now, some of the questions and answers about why Twitter made this change and alternate ways to secure your account came from a great article. Of course, two-factor authentication adds a second layer of security to password-protected accounts by having users enter an auto-generated code to log in. The extra step helps to safeguard online accounts because, in addition to the password, you need access to a separate app, device, or phone number where you can receive the code. And such codes can be generated by apps like Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator, or they can be sent to a user's smartphone via text message. Uh, But why is Twitter doing this? So in a blog post on Wednesday, the San Francisco-based company acknowledged that the text message-based security method has been historically popular with its users, but said the features being used and abused by bad actors. The company did not respond early Saturday uh, to the email seeking more details on how security method was being abused. Elon Musk, who completed his $44 billion takeover of Twitter in October, has been trying to find ways to maximize profits at the company, and one of those was Twitter Blue, which, among other features, allows anyone to pay for verification previously reserved for celebrities, journalists, and other well-known people. And in its blog, Twitter encouraged users who are not going to subscribe to Twitter Blue to consider using alternative account security options, specifically the authentication app or security key. Now, other options? Now, an authentication app or security key will also add a layer of account security beyond just a password. I don't have to go in to tell you about the security key or authentication app, but it is more of that proverbial money grab because just a few days later, the wonderful folks at Meta, <laughs> which is headed by Mark Zuckerberg, and I guess he sat in his chair and probably was like, oh, well, if they're going to do that, we could probably now do something like that. And so they rolled out a paid verification subscription service this week called Meta Verified. The service, which follows in the footsteps of its rival, will offer subscribers extra protection against impersonation and direct access to customer support. They said that the plan will cost $12 for a web subscription or 15 for iOS and will begin rolling out in Australia and New Zealand this week, with more countries being added soon. Now, Facebook has long offered a verified checkmark badge to accounts deemed notable and authentic, but the new plan will also provide the checkmark to paying customers who can verify their identity with a government-issued ID. Uh, as we said, that Facebook's move to monetize the checkmark comes after Elon Musk. And pretty much at this point, um, they say it's a pro- uh, proliferation of fake accounts. But I don't know. Uh, probably on the same wavelength about this you and i both know that it it definitely is the 
money grab because at $8, which is kind of high, especially for a security feature for a website, something that they should be doing under probably, I want to say, the the good fellowship of having a site. You know, where does it stop and where does it end? Are you going to have Jeff Bezos pretty much come back and say that Amazon now is going to charge everyone, provided that you have an Amazon account, uh, safety access to you actually using their site? It, it seems more like not, I don't want to use the term a blackmail, but blackmail in a way of, hey, your site could be secure, but if you don't pay the $8, we can't guarantee that. I'm hoping and continuously praying that there is someone that comes along and just comes up with a site where people could go. There's no issues because once it seems that you have a billionaire start to have money issues or because it, it is about the money. Don't let them tell you any different. It's not about the security because if the security has been going on for years and years and years, all of a sudden now we feel the need to charge money. And what happens if something happens with your account or it is, um, you know, hijacked or if something kind of happens within your site, are you going to get that money back? Can you sue? Because whatever's happening while it's still free, I highly doubt it's going to get better when you're paying. Hence the old bait and switch. <laughs> because now that you're telling me that everything's going to be all better if I'm paying you, why didn't you do this a long time ago? And now it seems like a good way to get people to pay up knowing that they want to be on social media or a lot of people have you know, their connections and their money, quote-unquote, so to speak, through social media. And by hijacking now people through the main sites such as Instagram or Twitter, come out and say it. I'm actually calling on anyone out there that is smart enough to build a page that is no BS to come forward and do it and put the other ones pretty much in their place and give them a good scare as to where they won't do that. All it seems now is just a little competition needed. And I know you're going to say, well, LeVar, you're talking about the people that you're actually on. Yeah, I am. Unfortunately, it's kind of like if you're in an area and the only store you have is, you know, either Walmart or Target, and you want to talk about them because you got no other option. And I just think it's so sad that we've gotten to this point as to those who already pretty much have, because Elon Musk isn't hurting. Don't 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 be don't be fooled. He's not hurting. And to come in, swoop in, and claim that you're going to charge eight dollars for the whole thing of safety, it's pretty much BS. I would tell him that in his face if I saw him. All it is 
is an additional money grab because you know that's what people use. That's their form of entertainment. So now you want to come out of the woodwork and charge them with a threat that if they don't, well, your site's not going to be as protected. How do I know that if I don't pay you that you're going to do something to my site or leave it open to something that could happen? Man, I wish we could just open up our own sites. <laughs> oh, you know, it, it gets really it, it gets really discouraging to the point. And I know some of you are going to say, well, hey, LeVar, you know, it's their site. They can do what they want. Yeah, they can. But when you come through and then you want to BS about why you're doing what you're doing and then thinly veil it to where your site could not be secure. Because, I mean, let's be honest, that's what's probably going to happen. If you don't pay, it's probably not going to be as secure. I hope they prove me wrong. And I hope they come out and say that or answer it. But I was going to be paying $8 just for a verification mark. <laughs> and, I, and I will tell you now that I would, never would, but if it means the safety of my site and it not getting hijacked, Unfortunately, now that's money that you have to budget out to pay or consider paying. But I have a feeling that there will be quite a few people who will probably say bye-bye to Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, and that's a shame. Before we go to Retro Moment of the Week, I did have a very interesting retro stat. Um, today actually marks a little bit of a musical anniversary. This is kind of a bonus for you. Usually uh, I kind of give you that retro uh, moment or retro kind of like a cool little moment to know. But it was on this date, February 24th, 1970 that ABC by the Jackson 5 was released. The Beatles let it be off the top of the Billboard Hot 100 in 1970. It was number one on the Soul Singles chart for four weeks. It is the title track to the group's second album, ABC, and is considered one of the band's signature songs. It's one of the shortest titles to hit number one and is the first alphabetically in a list of number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100. So if you didn't know that, you now have a pretty cool retro trivia to take back to your friends for parties this weekend. Retro moment of the week coming up. And after the break, uh, I will talk about a very interesting situation uh, with a person who is in jail. And then we'll take a look at what is trending. I will give you some additional retro moments. And then we'll do a little bit of potpourri. And then we'll call it a night. But first, Retro Moment of the Week is next. You're listening to Page One with LeVar Mary here on Blog Talk Radio. Pancake cookies. Pancake cookies. Pancake cookies. 
Well, all I do is bake them just as good as a can. What is your secret, Mr. Patty Cake Man? I sample them, ladies, one from each pan. Children, stop shoving. There's more in the oven. Hey, Mom! Put Patty Cake cookies on the shopping list. Oatmeal, chocolate chip, and sugar mist. I'm keen for on your market shelf. Why, they're so good, you're lucky I don't eat them all myself. Patty cake cookies. Patty cake cookies. Patty cake cookies, how to satisfy. Blue cellophane package, you can see what you buy. What makes them taste so good? Well, to tell the truth, I sample them two from each pan. Uh, may I help you, sir? Yes, I think I'd be liking something cool as a green glade. Refreshing as a, as a spring breeze. Then you'd like McDonald's green shamrock shake, sir. A green shake? Why, it's the grandest thing I've tasted since visiting the old country. Which country is that, sir? For the wee bit of Irish in all of us, try a delicious green shamrock shake. A break today at McDonald's. You're listening to Page One. Page One. With LeVar and Mary. Your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LeVar and Mary. Page one with LeVar and Mary. Mary's off tonight. I am with you here. Um, I read a story this week that upon first reading it, you kind of almost thought twice. But then I was like, there's no way that this would actually work out in a court of law. But a pregnant inmate in Florida is trying to be released from prison on the grounds that her unborn child is innocent and did not commit any crimes. Now, a filing in Miami-Dade County, Florida, Circuit Court last week aimed to let Natalia Harrell out of the Turner Guilford Knight Correctional Center in Miami. Harrell, 24, is charged with second-degree murder. She's accused of fatally shooting Gladys Borchella during an argument in an Uber on July 23, 2022. The incident was recorded on the Uber driver's interior security camera, according to investigators. According to the writ of habeas corpus petition obtained by the Law and Crime Network, Harrell was six weeks pregnant at the time and, quote, in fear of her life and the life of her unborn child. A writ of habeas corpus can be used to secure the release of someone who is unlawfully detained. William Norris, legal representation for the baby, argues that since Harrell is eight months pregnant, her baby is considered a person under the Florida Constitution and that the child's constitutional rights have been violated. The unborn child has not committed any crime, nor has the state of Florida, the respondents, or Miami-Dade State uh, Attorney put forward any allegations that the unborn child committed a criminal offense. Yet respondents continue to incarcerate unborn child in such deplorable conditions to filing states. Since being confined at the detention facility, Harrell claims that she has uh, been getting inadequate prenatal care, 
The filing also suggests that the nature of the petition is emergent uh, since Harrell has allegedly not been to the OBGYN since October of last year. Time is of the essence. Delay can mean serious harm or death to the unborn child, the petition reads. The petition accuses Miami-Dade Correction of not giving Harrell prenatal vitamins and of leaving her in a transport van with an inside temperature of more than 100 degrees on one occasion. The attorney added that Harrell is residing in a cell block or pod where violent criminals are housed and called it a dangerous environment that subjects unborn child to serious bodily injury or death. Norris, on behalf of Harrell's child, is seeking her immediate release from custody to receive medical care from an OBGYN and for the unborn child to, quote, avoid entering the world on the concrete floor of the prison cell. Michael O'Brien, who identifies as the father of the baby, told NBC Miami that he's concerned for his child. He said that obviously he had concern for the health and well-being of his baby. He doesn't want the baby to be born prematurely or low birth weight. The conditions are terrible, and I feel she's not getting the prenatal care she should be getting. Meanwhile, Miami-Dade Corrections is reviewing their health services. They said in a uh, statement that Miami-Dade Corrections and Rehabilitation Partners with Jackson Health System to provide health care to the inmates in our custody, and we're committed to ensuring all inmates receive professional, timely medical care and all appropriate treatment. We are conducting a full review of the health services offered and received to ensure that all prenatal care being provided in our custody is appropriate. She's currently being held on no bond. I actually had to think about this story for a little bit, but while it is a nice try, I will think that it will probably not stick, but what it probably will do is to take a second look at just how women who are incarcerated, especially those who are pregnant, are treated. I hope that the Miami Dade County uh, considers that and does things right away. But it's quite interesting that she's looking to get out of the technicality of her unborn child. That can also backfire. I would think, too, that the court system, once the child is born, could probably tell her that the child, if it's not, uh, if the father didn't care for it, would probably be put up for you know, a ward of the state. That's a huge risk. But I think, if anything, they will probably do right by her and get her the necessary treatment and care. But it made me wonder why she had not been able to see an OBGYN since October. Um, it's a very critical juncture of needing to get assistance. But I do know, as with all jail systems, it probably is one of those things where they didn't really probably or don't probably have the necessary things to assist or help her out. But we'll see. Um, It's interesting to continue to look at this story and what happens with it, or if other women who are in the same predicament might start looking into that law. Um, But I don't think that she's going to be let go, especially on the nature of what happened um, or what she is accused of or allegedly did. But if it does come to pass in the court of law that that is found, I don't think that's going to happen. But if not, then she walks free. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that story.
taking a look at what is trending on Twitter tonight. It's Friday night, so of course you know some of the things that are already trending here. Um, trending here nationally is SmackDown, uh, WWE SmackDown, uh, Odd Patrol Live, the cable show which follows police uh, through their exploits live. Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race is trending. Uh, also trending is Pat Bev, uh, Patrick Beverly, made his Chicago Bulls debut tonight. Uh, eight points, five rebounds, four assists for Pat Beverly. Um, he comes to us from the Lakers, but uh, the Bulls, um, I do believe, uh, being dominant over the Brooklyn Nets uh, in that win. It's only one game. <laughs> um so that is definitely something that is uh, interesting to watch here. Um, Shirley Ralph, or Ralph, is trending. Um, but Ralph is trending for all the wrong reasons. There's a bunch of Ralph. Uh, name of Ralph or Ralph Nader. Uh, Ralph Nader making some comments about Elon Musk today in regards to how he funded Tesla. So that is trending. Um Jonathan Winters is trending. Um, so a lot of quotes and clips uh, of him are trending worldwide. You know, Twitter is a very odd place. Just as you are not looking for particular things, uh, up pops someone who you probably hadn't thought of in a while. Uh, yeah. Um, and then... DreamCon is trending. Um, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to assume. I'm pretty sure if Mary was here, she would probably tell me. Uh, <laughs> but people who are um, getting tickets and are very happy about getting tickets for DreamCon. So whatever that is, uh, more power to you. Um, but everyone's making their comments tonight in regards to that. And that is what is trending on Twitter. So I told you that we would probably have a little bit of potpourri tonight. I did have lined up a story in regards to our favorite thing that we like to do, and that's take a look at uh, things for the smoking gun. But I will save that for next week for when Mary is back, because I know that she loves that. <laughs> but it's a good one. So at least you have a uh, little bit of a preview for next week's show. But potpourri pretty much will be stories that we kind of find uh, that are just kind of like it's not a main story that we probably wouldn't put in our first couple of segments, but still enough interesting to note. So this comes from CNET, where... The title says, Alphabet reportedly lays off robots that clean cafeterias. So amid layoffs at Google and the tech industry at large, one group of workers at parent company Alphabet that didn't survive the economic headwinds, the robots that helped clean the company's cafeterias, according to Wired. One of Alphabet's experimental departments, Everyday Robots, which had a team of more than 200 people working on various exploratory robotics projects, is being shuttered a little more than a year after being promoted out of their secretive ex-moonshot lab. The Everyday Robots, uh, the team developed 
and train more than 100 one-armed robots on wheels that could squeegee cafeteria tables, separate trash and recycling, and open doors, among other capabilities. Now, while being trained, the robots undertook tasks like tidying up the company's dining halls and checking the cleanliness of conference rooms during the pandemic. Despite making progress, the robots and their trainers weren't immune to the budget cuts. The robots likely cost tens of thousands of dollars each, according to robotics experts. Everyday robots, as they, uh, the director of marketing put out, said that they would no longer be a separate project within Alphabet. Some of the technology and part of the team will be consolidated into existing robotics efforts within Google Research. Uh, Alphabet and Everyday Robots didn't immediately respond to questions or comments. But I can tell you, if humans can't make it, man, how can robots do it? <laughs> that is, uh, it is what happens. Uh, the good folks at Starbucks, they have a new product coming out. Uh, there is an Oleato latte with oat milk and olive oil. <laughs> and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, an Oleato ice shake and espresso and the Oleato golden foam cold brew. So Starbucks wants you to give olive oil coffee a shot. Really? Now, the coffee chain's rolling out a new line of beverages made with extra virgin olive oil. To be clear, the drinks aren't simply flavored with olive oil, nor do they just have a hint of it. Each one is truly made with a spoonful of oil, adding 120 calories to the total. With some drinks, you can see a slippery sheen of oil in the cup, and you don't even have to squint. Three olive oil beverages are available for sale at Starbucks cafes in Italy starting this week. And like I said, uh, each includes oleato, Starbucks Starbucks' word for the new line in the name. And to kind of give you even a more broken down view of that, the Oleato latte with oat milk and olive oil, the ice shake and espresso with the cat milk and the oat milk, not cat milk, <laughs> with the oat milk, the hazelnut flavored olive oil, and the Oleato golden foam cold brew made with a version of Starbucks sweet milk foam infused with two olive oil servings. Versions of those drinks will arrive in Southern California this spring with more details about the U.S. launch to come. They'll roll out in other markets in the U.K., Middle East, and Japan this year. And like other major chains, Starbucks often tweaks its menu, rolling out limited edition items seasonally or introducing new ingredients like oat milk. But this launch is much bigger, according to their chief marketing officer. They said it's one of the biggest launches that, you've, that they've had in decades. Rather than a flavor or a product, it's really a platform, uh, meaning that customers will be able to use olive oil to customize some drinks. The company is betting that people will hear about the concoction and try it because they want to know what it tastes like, and perhaps because they've heard there are health benefits to extra virgin olive oil. Uh, with Oleato, Starbucks is actually going out on a limb, according to a lot of experts. Adding fat to coffee is not new. You could do it the old-fashioned way with cream or milk or even butter. Recipes for olive oil coffee exist online. But consumers are not necessarily clamoring for olive oil coffee, and Starbucks is launching the line at a time when supply chains are fragile. Uh, consumers are watching their budgets and baristas, some of whom are so frustrated with the company, they're joining a union and already contending with complicated drink orders. So last year, uh, Howard Schultz met olive oil producer Tommaso Asaro, 
who introduced him to the practice of consuming a tablespoon of olive oil each day. And Schultz learned more about the practice this summer while visiting Sicily and then picked up the habit himself, and he wondered if he could combine it with his daily coffee routine. And there you have what is the oleato. I'm not a coffee drinker, <laughs> but I will tell you, uh, it doesn't sound appealing, but, uh, appealing, but as you know, I was always told growing up, can't knock it until you try it. So I will let you be the judge when that comes to your neck of the woods. A Florida bill, it seems like Florida is probably the most um, – <laughs> we always go to Florida, and it is nothing against you in Florida. It's just that you guys have so many odd stories, so many weird things that happen. Um, it makes the news. And in this case, for a lot of you pet lovers out there, a very interesting story here that a bill will ban dogs from sticking their heads out of car windows. You heard that right. A new Florida bill would make it illegal to let a dog be in a driver's lap or stick their head out of a window of a moving car. Additionally, Senate Bill 932, which was filed by State Senator Lauren Book, and intended to protect animals, would ban the declawing of cats. The bill also includes provisions to make it illegal to have a dog transported, quote, on the running board, fender, hood, or roof of a motor vehicle, as well as in a trunk or enclosed cargo space. Dogs also may not be transported in a car that is being towed. On top of those restrictions, the bill will also require dogs to be secured in a crate appropriate for their size, uh, while in a motor vehicle on a public roadway, be restrained with a safety harness or seatbelt other than a neck restraint, or be under the physical control of someone other than the driver while in a car. Dogs transported in open truck beds of pickups must be in a well-ventilated dog crate that allows them to have good footing, be safe from inclement weather, and be protected from direct sunlight. The dog must also be able to turn around normally, stand or sit, and lie down in a natural position inside the crate while it's secured to the pickup truck. Violators could face potential moving violations, citations, though the charges would not count as a criminal traffic infraction. The bill also sets rules for cat owners, making a cat declawing illegal if not for a necessary medical therapy. If a cat is declawed or partially declawed, the state will be able to fine the owner $1,000. Individual incidents of a cat being declawed or partially declawed would legally count as separate violations. A provision of the text would also allow courts to ban offenders from owning animals as a condition of probation. The bill also adds a number of bans on cosmetic testing of animals for, quote, any article intended to be rubbed, poured, sprinkled, or sprayed on, or otherwise meant for humans instead of animals, such as cleansers, beauty treatments, or items that, quote, promote attractiveness, or for altering one's appearance. As written, product manufacturers would be prohibited from applying any of those above products on live, non-human vertebrate animals. However, keeping the data from previous tests does not count as developing a product for the purposes of the bill's language. The bill would create a $5,000 initial penalty, as well as an additional $1,000 penalties for violators of the animal testing prohibition. Uh, Should the bill pass both chambers of the Florida legislature and gain the governor's approval, it would take effect on October 1st. 
I am not a dog or a cat owner, um, so I don't know why the the clawing rule would come into effect. But the pet rule in the car, I guess, makes sense. But then again, if you have a pet that's well-trained and they are laying down and not moving about, um, I don't know. That's I, I really don't know why that would cause for a fine. But those of you out there that know, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I promised you some additional retro moments of the week. Uh, I got a couple, um, one or two. So in honor of Retro Day or National Retro Day coming up in a couple of days on Tuesday, we'll do a couple of more retro moments of uh, final stories here before we wrap it up for this edition of Page One. Stay tuned. Young friends, this is a cuckoo bird. Pop, pop, cuckoo pops. Yum, yum, yum. Want to have some fun? Watch. Watch out because I'm... Cuckoo bird, cuckoo pops. It happens all the time. It's because cocoa puffs are made with delicious Hershey's cocoa. Luscious little chocolate crisp corn puffs. Ha! He caught me by surprise. Oh no. I can't resist them. Another Big G cereal from General Mills. wouldn't like to be driving a Buick this summer? You would, wouldn't you? Then why aren't you? If you think you can't afford one, you're wrong. Buicks are probably the biggest bargains on the road. Eight out of ten people are paying the price of a Buick whether they get one or not. So why not put your money on a brand new Buick? Enjoy yourself this year. Hope you enjoyed those retro moments tonight. A couple of stories before we leave you tonight. Um, you talk about better late than never. A, this comes from London. A letter has finally been delivered to its destination more than a century after it was written. Sent in February of 1916, the correspondence arrived at its intended address in Hamlet Road, South London, much to the bewilderment of the current occupants. We noticed that the year on it was 16, so we thought it was 2016, Finley Glenn told CNN on Thursday. Then we noticed that the stamp was a king rather than a queen, so we felt that it couldn't have been 2016. Glenn told CNN that the letter arrived at the property a couple of years ago, but he had only recently taken it to the local historical society so they could research it further. The envelope has a one-pence stamp bearing the head of King George V. The letter was sent in the middle of World War I, 
more than a decade before the late Queen Elizabeth II was born. He says that once we realized it was very old, we felt it was okay to open up the letter. Under the Postal Services Act of 2000, it's a crime to open mail not addressed to you, but Glenn said he can only apologize if he's committed a crime. After realizing that the letter may be of historical interest, he gave it to the Norwood Review, a local quarterly magazine. As a local historian, I was amazed and delighted to have the details of the letter passed to me, said Stephen Oxford, editor of the magazine, in a release. The letter was addressed to, quote, my dear Katie, who, according to Oxford, was the wife of local stamp magnate Oswald Marsh. It was written by Christabel Menel, the daughter of tea merchant Henry Took Menel, while her family was on holiday in Bath in western England. And the letter Menel writes, quote, I've been most miserable here with a very heavy cold. The neighborhood of South London was a hub of business activity at the time. Lots of wealthy, middle-class people moved into the area in the late 1800s, Oxford told CNN. Oswald Marsh, the former resident of the Hamlet Road property, quote, was a highly regarded stamp dealer who was often called as an expert witness in cases of stamp fraud. The Norwood Review is producing a full report on the letter, yet it remains a mystery as to how the letter arrived at Glenn's flat. Incidents like this happen very occasionally, and we are uncertain what has happened in this incident, according to a Royal Mail spokesperson. We appreciate that people will be intrigued by the history of this letter from 1916, but have no further information on what might have happened. Oxford noted that the letter was postmarked Sydenham, an area in southeast London. He thinks it, quote, may well have been lost sitting in a dark corner in the Sydenham sorting office and only recently discovered. Glenn said that he and his girlfriend would be happy to get a letter to a local archive if it's of, quote, serious historical significance. But if it's found to be more innocuous, he said, it would be nice for us to be able to hold on to it. Glenn, a theater director and playwright, said that he doesn't often include strange twists of fate in his plays, but after this serendipitous delivery, perhaps the next one will. Every once in a while you hear about those stories, and you wonder just how, where in a dark room it sat and why no one had bothered to see it. It's a little, a little disturbing. But anyway, um, if you like to keep gifts, Perhaps holding on to it if it's something as valuable as an old iPhone could be worth it for you. A first-generation iPhone sold at auction for $63,356.40, more than 100 times its original price. The 2007 phone, which is still sealed in its box, was sold on LCG auctions and was expected to go for $50,000, but exceeded that estimate by more than $13,000. The bidding started at 2500 and after 27 bids, the phone sold on Sunday. The original owner of the phone, Karen Green, had it appraised in 2019 because it was an 8 gigabyte, not 4. It was still in the original box. It was estimated to be worth 5000 She received the iPhone in 2007 as a gift from her friends after landing a new job, but since she had already gotten a new phone, she decided not to open it. I didn't want to get rid of my phone, and I figured it's an iPhone, so it will never go out of date, she said. Her friends likely bought the phone for between $499 to $599. Of course, Steve Jobs introduced the first iPhone on January 9, 2007 at Macworld, a trade show in San Francisco. It became available for purchase about five months later. Its slick design, responsive and quite innovative at the time, touchscreen, web browsing capabilities, and a two-megapixel camera made it an instant hit. 
First release iPhones have been auctioned before. One sold for $35,414 in August, and another one in October through LCG for $39,339. Of course, Apple commands a very loyal fan base that collectors consider many of the Apple's products uh, cultural artifacts and landmarks and tech history. And last year, an early Apple computer prototype from the 1970s sold for more than $677,000. So I guess it is a good way of keeping a gift and having it worth something. We hope that uh, you get a chance to join us next week. Of course, we are here pretty much every Friday night at 10 o'clock Eastern Time, 9 o'clock Central. And, of course, our shows, besides being heard here on Blog Talk Radio, are heard on every streaming service, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, and through the podcast section of Apple iTunes. So if you have any of those, definitely subscribe, listen, tell a friend. We thank you. And, of course, I'm over on Twitter at NewsCometBTR. And if you happen to be on Discord, uh, page one is the page over on Discord. Uh, We're still growing that one. I know I tell Mary every week that I will pop up over there when I can. Um, But if you are on Discord and you see Mary, tell her I said hello. Um, But uh, we are in those places along with our website and along with Instagram. And just wherever you find us, say hi or follow us. Tell a friend. And we thank you so much for that. But the old clock on the wall is telling me that we are just about out of time. Really no shout-outs this week. Um, I think it's been a long week for everybody. (laughs) And we have made it pretty much kind of to the end of the month. Two months now, 10 to go. Uh, I will tell you in the month of March uh, to be tuned to our show for schedules because there will be a couple of things that may preempt uh, throughout the month of March, but we will definitely be here for you as many times as we possibly can. Uh, But I do know for sure that we'll be back with you on next Friday night. Um, Make sure that you get a chance to listen to us. And also, too, uh, there may be a special 401 lounge if we can get everything uh, together by the time we meet next Friday night. Uh, If everything kind of falls into place, uh, we'll definitely let you know, and we will have that information available over on News Comet BTR. It may happen by next Thursday, so just want to kind of push that out there. So make sure to have your ears to the ground and watching on our Twitter page for an announcement if that does occur. So just putting it out there. You don't want to miss it. If not, of course, like I said, you can always catch it as a podcast wherever you get your podcast from. So with that, my shout-out this week is to all of you, and a thanks for always listening to us, always supporting, and having us on wherever you're at and spending either your Friday night or whatever day that you decide to listen to us after we're on live. But we appreciate it, and we thank you for it. So with that, for Mary, I am LaVar. Have a great week, everybody. 
I'm kind of surprised I went the entire hour just about. Um, I don't know whether I should be impressed if you guys listened for the entire hour or if you're still awake. But nonetheless, uh, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Well, friends, it's time once again to close that creaking door. Until next week at the same time, when we'll be back with a little hunk of horror. (laughs) You'll be sure to listen, won't you? Until next week, then. Good night. Pleasant dreams. for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.